Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. And welcome in, in the bonus, Colin Taylor and Tyler Head along with you on a football Friday, the last football Friday, the month of September. We've almost made it through the first full month of college football, nearly halfway through the regular season as the Gamecocks will be five games through tomorrow as they head into the bye week and wait for Florida coming up in early October you know, we wait and wait all year long for college football to finally get here. And as soon as it gets here, man, it just flies by. I'm telling you, we spend nine months dissecting every roster move, every press conference, every this, that, or the other. And then it gets there. And then all of a sudden, it's just boop, 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 over. It's all, we're, just, we're, it's all, all just dust in the wind, man. Yeah, yeah man. Got to enjoy it while you can, which is why I always say, just enjoy it, man. Like, yes, we can dissect and... Say good things, bad things, otherwise, but just enjoy it. You, We sit here and wait for seven Saturdays a year to go to Williams-Brice and enjoy tailgating and enjoy the games and all that. Like, there's some, just enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. It's That's my that's my philosophical advice to everyone today, that just enjoy the ride. Some weeks are going to be good, some weeks are not going to be good, but at some point, just enjoy it. Breathe it in. Breathe it in, breathe it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Feel the rain on your skin. <laughs> no one else can feel it for you. <laughs> Only you can let it in. Today ends where your book begins. Oh, man. How many music references have we gotten in this week? We've gotten a ton in. I was really proud of us the other day. Uh, we must have dropped at least like 25 I still need to go Swift back. songs. I still need to go back and count and see it, but... I was that was really impressive on our end to that be was, tit for tat a, for a good like three four minutes. It was a solid four minutes. Yes, and absolutely. Anybody missed that? It's on my Twitter at Tylerhead18. Yeah, quality radio, please. Obviously, please. We're, we're getting set for the Gamecocks and the Volunteers coming up tomorrow night, seven thirty, which you'll be able to listen to right here on the game. But we need to look back at what happened last year because. In terms of this, do we call it a rivalry? Is it is this technically a rivalry? It is right now, yeah. Based on my Twitter mentions over the last 12 hours. <laughs> well, yeah. your mistake was upsetting uh, um, Vol Twitter. Yes, that is very fair. You know, Vol Fan Andy, Vol for Life, Bill. Vol, Vol Equalizer. What's um, the um, uh, uh, the Voldemort one? That was That's ooh, my that's favorite good. one. That's good. That's really funny. Um I get to mute a lot of people sometimes, and that's really good. I enjoy doing that. Yeah. They, uh, they're a different breed. Yes. Oh, without a doubt. In good ways and bad ways, they're a vastly different breed. They were, uh, they were pretty rough last year because yeah. they, uh, they were riding the wave of success all the way until, well, <laughs> the game we're about to talk about. Yes. South Carolina beats uh, Tennessee 63-38 to in Williams-Brice Stadium. Uh, in the penultimate uh, game of the se- regular season last year where 
nobody gave South Carolina a chance in this one. This was a foregone conclusion. Tennessee was going to come in here. They're going to run through South Carolina. They're going to run through Vanderbilt the next week, and they're going to punch their ticket at the college football playoff, and who knows what happens when they get there. However, However. coming into Williams-Brice Stadium on a Saturday night in November with a South Carolina team that at that point really didn't have anything to lose. No. Oh, oh goodness, no. They were... Mm seemingly on their way to going 6-6, six and six, having just gotten embarrassed by Florida the week before where you didn't score an offensive touchdown. Like, again, even Gamecock Larry, maybe right. Gamecock Larry was the only one that thought South Carolina could win. But, like, and obviously you were doing your normal job back then as well. Like, what was the perception here leading up to that week? It's, I remember it being, man, Six and six, like, it's not great, but we saw signs of improvement. You know, fans were really upset with Marcus Satterfield, so it was one of those, like, get a new offensive coordinator in here and, you know, with Spencer Rattler potentially coming back for another year, let's really, really try to build this thing for 2023. Let let me ask you this. At at what point did people turn on Marcus Satterfield? Yes. (laughs) Was it over from the beginning? There were, it was such a weird process because Mike Bobo was the O.C., he was retained. He leaves to go to Auburn somewhat late in the, the process, the late in the offseason. You go and hire Marcus Satterfield. You were handcuffed tremendously to the umpteenth degree with because of your quarterback situation. And right. the fact that you won however many games, or six games with four quarterbacks, mm-hmm. three quarterbacks starting games. Yep. Uh, seven games when you consider the bowl game and to carry on Joyner starting. Uh so there was a lot of things to build on, but then you get in and it's clunky through the first 10 games, some flashes, some not so great flashes, um, some puzzling personnel decisions, all this stuff kind of built together to where about halfway through last year, fans were like, okay, I think we're ready to see something else. And right, um, like we've talked about, I think Dowell Loggins has done a really good job to date. Again, like Dowell will probably say we're four games in. Let's, yeah. We're not crowning anybody anything just yet, but you feel pretty good about where this is. And yeah, this is a a game that was South Carolina fans were like, man, like if we can just be competitive, get to a point where, um, you know, we're just we're, we're in the game and, you know, maybe we have a shot here to, to do something. And they did. So South Carolina holds the 35-24 lead going into halftime. Both teams come out in the second half, punt to start each of their respective drives. Then Tennessee drives down the field and scores a touchdown, making it 31-35. Me watching this at home, I wasn't working at this radio station at that point in time, that was kind of the, okay, this has been a cute story. South Carolina had their fun, but here comes the onslaught in the second half where Tennessee ends up winning the game 56-42 to or something like that. Like You had seen those kind of things so many times this season where, okay, looks like Tennessee's in a tough situation. That offense just ends up bailing them out because it just keeps coming at you so fast, so quick. But that didn't happen. South Carolina immediately goes down the field, scores another touchdown. Is that point uh, the point when you were in the stadium where everybody kind of looked around like, hey, wait a minute, this might, this might be a thing? It was really funny in the first half. So they go down, just looking at the drive chart. They go down and it's... Nine plays, 75 yards, four minutes, 30 seconds off the clock. Boom, yep. boom, 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 mm-hmm. boom, 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 touchdown. Yep. Like, okay, good scripted cool. like good scripted plays. Nice. Like that's, that's what you want to do. 
and then Tennessee goes right back down. Four plays, 75 yards, in, 64 seconds in off the, the clock. blink of an eye. Yeah, and you're like, oh, this is... If they're not going to be able to stop Tennessee, it might be a long night. And then you go five plays, 65 yards, three minutes off the clock. Boom. I mean, just methodical. And you're like, okay, that those were your scripted drives. That was what you were planning for. Now what happens? Then they go out and score again. And then they get hold Tennessee to a field goal. And then they're up two scores. And you're just looking around like, I mean, I leaned, I remember leaning back and looking at another media member probably 10 seats down from me. And we both look at each other like, what in the, you know, what's going on? Right. Like, none of us expected that. Maybe it was, we expected competitive. Sure. But we didn't expect touchdowns on, what, six of your, you know, your first five drives. Mm-hmm. Um, and scoring on, instead of the ones in the half, all but one drive. Like, that was something. And then they come out in the second half. And, and like you said, reliving this game through the box score is just insane to me. Because you, you remember what it felt like in the stadium. Sure. Yeah, they go. It was thirty-five, thirty-one, and you were like, "It's like all right, valiant effort." There like, it is. Yeah, like Tennessee. Like at some point, the better team is just going to make the move and of course be better. But then all of a sudden, you go third quarter. As I scroll back down to the drive chart, like all of a sudden it's third quarter. You get the ball, and it's boom, boom, boom. Nine plays, sixty-five yard touchdown drive to go up 42 to 31. And at that point I was like it's over. Yeah. Like if South Carolina they like this is not a fluke anymore. Like South Carolina is just the better team that night and showed it. And there was just no answer for it. No answer offensively. And I think that's what makes that victory that much sweeter because this wasn't like okay, it's, you know, second overtime or or like there's a, you know, a pass interference that doesn't get called or something fluky happens a missed field goal like there's nothing where you can like look at this and say, well, if Tennessee just did X, then they would have won the game. Like, no, they got soundly beat by a team that was better than them that night. Which, again, going into the game, you had no indication that that was going to happen because South Carolina really hadn't showed you that through the first ten games. Right. And I, I don't even remember what was the what was the line on this game. A lot. A lot. Let's see. Oh, twenty-two and a half. Okay, look yeah, at you. Yeah, twenty-two and a half. 22 and a half. But yeah, like South Carolina had more first downs, which is not a, I'm not a huge like first downs guy. Averaged less yards per rush, but a yard and a half more per play, a yard or f- almost five yards more per pass attempt. Um, they only punted one time. They forced a couple turnovers, if I'm not mistaken. Or Hendon Hooker fumbled that one time. Uh, yeah, one, uh, one fumble. They were 8 for 11 on third downs, South Carolina was. 2 for 2 on uh, fourth downs. Tennessee was a combined 7 of 15 on third and fourth down. South Carolina 8 for 8 with 8 touchdowns in the red zone. 8 for 8. When you talk about winning in the margins and doing the things you need to do to win games, that's like the, that's like the textbook. Sure. We're efficient. Are, you know, we're being, we're staying ahead of schedule. Right. We're creating explosive plays. We're converting on third down. We're converting in the red zone. And we're not only are we converting in the red zone, but we're scoring in the red zone. It was like everything that could go right 
Yeah. And that's not saying it's fluky. Yeah. But everything that could go right did go right. Yeah. In a lot of ways, and, and you see it, the result. Uh, and I've heard from many people that were there that obviously the crowd was great. Oh. You could see that on TV. And, you know, they're going to be charged up anytime a highly ranked team comes into town, especially when it's going to be a night game. Was there ever a moment in the game where you got a sense that the crowd really started, like, actually, like, realizing that this win was going to happen? Fourth quarter. South Carolina goes up. So I... I got the sense after Juicewell scores with about five minutes to go in the third quarter when you go up again two scores. Mm -hmm. They go up 49-31 with about 12 minutes to go, and that's when the stadium really kicked it up a notch. It was already electric. Yeah, That was when it kicked up to the nth degree. That was when it was just, it's over. And the light shows and all this, and um, that's a night... Whenever I get out of this business, like that's one where I'm going to be like, I was there for that game for and sure. Nuts, yeah, yeah, and that uh, that's the only field storming you've been at, correct? Until the next week when I watch South Carolina well, storms Clemson's field. Yeah, game. that's a little different when it's yeah. on. They meet the, at the pole every single time. Uh, yeah, that was the first South Carolina field storming I've seen. Okay, at Williams Bryce. Yeah, hundred thousand dollar fine. Is that what it was? Cut the check, baby. That's right. It's worth Cut it. the check. I mean, that's one where who cares? That's right. Um, we'll dive back into this weekend's matchup with Tennessee coming up. Take a look at the injury report. What Coach Beamer had to say last night on Carolina Calls as today's edition of In the Bonus rolls on on your football Friday. He's Colin Taylor. I'm Tyler Head here on The Game. Football Friday. Sponsored by Brian's Heating and Cooling. On your home of the Gamecocks in Columbia, 107.5 The Game. Also heard on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach. And 100.5 The Game in Florence. Welcome back in. It is in the bonus. He is Colin Taylor. I'm Tyler Head here on the game. Getting you set for the Gamecocks and the Volunteers coming up tomorrow night again at 7.30, which you can listen to right here on the game. We'll have pregame coverage for you starting uh, locally on 107.5 The Game with Gamecock Game Day. Myself and Terry Ford broadcasting live at O'Hara's from 2.30 until 4.30. Then, of course, network coverage kicks in at 4.30, leading you right up until kickoff and We'll once again be having a watch party out at O'Hara's in Lexington for the game tomorrow night as well. Certainly come by, hang out with us. We'll be giving stuff away, t-shirts, towels, koozies, maybe even some tickets. We did that last time. Hey, yo. Yeah, so come out, have a good time, and uh, hopefully watch a Gamecock victory. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Would be. Yeah. uh, This game is, and again, we don't want to call games must-wins. No. But when you talk about the trajectory of the trajectory of the rest of the season, it's very important to pick up a victory here. Yes. It's it's when you're jockeying for position for second, which I think that is fair to say. When you consider Georgia the old overwhelming favorite in the SEC East. Right. You got to beat the teams that are it's one thing to beat the teams that are expected to finish 6th or 7th. It's another thing to f- beat the teams that how you get to second in the East, how you get to third in the East is beating the teams that you're competing with. Right. And right now Tennessee is in that second tier, I think, with South Carolina in terms of 
what they are. And so it'll be interesting to see how how that goes. And I mean, Josh Heupel and Shane Beamer were hired in the same cycle. They recruit against each other a ton. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be really, really interesting um, to see how it goes and, and what that might look like moving forward. Real quick, let's get an injury report from Coach Beamer last night on Carolina Calls on what the roster's looking like for this weekend. They're doing okay. A.B. practiced every day this week. He'll be available on Saturday night. Uh, O'Donnell practiced every day. Spalding practiced every day. All three of those guys will be available. Are they 100%? No, but they're, they're, they're fine in order to play Saturday. Uh, I would say Ja'Kai is questionable right now, but if he's not able to go, that means Trevon Ball will be in there at right guard. That'll be our second true freshman offensive lineman that we would be starting. But uh, Tro played most of the game last week against Mississippi State after Ja'Kai got banged up and uh, has done a great job, and he'll do a great job Saturday night if he's in there. So to recap there, of course, Juice Wells is not going to be playing this weekend. We knew that earlier on in the week. Miriam Brown... Should be able to play as well as David Spaulding, O'Donnell Fortune as well. And then Ja'Kai Moore, the only one there that is questionable. And, of course, you have your usuals. You know, Case and Henry still not going to be coming back anytime soon. Jalen Nichols obviously been out um, uh, for the whole season. The Marquis Anderson's shut down for the season. Like, those are the guys we absolutely know about. Uh, the Ja'Kai Moore one's interesting to me because, again, when you look at kind of what they've been doing on the offensive line, finally seems like they have some cohesion there. Now you have this potential wrench being thrown in there where – normally you would want to slide Ja'Kai more out to the right tackle spot. That seems to be like the combination they liked the best. We ended yeah. we ended up seeing Moore and Boss split the reps this past weekend against Mississippi State with Wanamaker back out at the right tackle spot. So I imagine that's probably what we're going to be doing again this weekend. If Moore can't go, as you mentioned, Trevon Ball would play, and then it's uh, Wanamaker once again at right tackle. Yeah, that seems like the likeliest thing. And just based on what Shane Beamer said, you know, you're not optimistic Ja'Kai Moore can go out there and play that, but, I mean, Trevon Ball has done, there's still some freshman mistakes. Sure. But, I mean, for a guy playing his first 100 snaps in college, has done a pretty doggone good job with it against different defenses. You know, yeah. played that Georgia mint front, you know, 4-3 kind of system, and then played that 3-3-5 that Mississippi State likes to play. So, yeah, there's... He's he's been battle tested and seen the best of the best, and this is a Tennessee front that, oh boy, you're going to need to block uh, because if not, it can turn into a very 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 long day for you. Yeah, Tennessee's defensive front, one of the best in the country in terms of quarterback pressures and sacks, uh, 16 sacks uh, in the nation, I believe. They're that's tied for first with a couple different teams. I know Southern Cal's got a lot of sacks this year, so definitely going to be a test tomorrow. Not to mention the hostile environment. You know, yeah. we obviously saw. Tree and Tro getting to play against Georgia a couple weeks ago, which, you know, certainly is, is a great environment as well. But you had the caveat of, you know, again, what happened last year between these two teams. 100,000 people. It's going to be a night game. There might be mustard at, being thrown on the field once again. Like, this is going to be a, a different level of, of hostile uh, yeah. for these true freshmen to experience. Yeah, Georgia was loud and hostile, um, partly because of the talk Hemingway stuff. But... Tennessee, they've been ready for this one. They've been circling this one. It's a night game. They're going to be ready. It's going to be loud. It's going to be deafening out there. And so they got to find ways to figure out how to silent counts, maybe find ways to get help these freshmen out to where they're not having to block these three techs and these defensive ends at such a high level. And if they can, then and 
they can scheme around that a little bit, then if you're Spencer Rattler, like you have a chance to to take advantage of what's been a potentially weak link in the Tennessee secondary. But you gotta pressure them first and foremost. Yeah, and and look, but you gotta you have to handle the pressure first and foremost. Sorry, absolutely. And 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 Spencer Rattler obviously can make plays moving around can obviously scramble as you've seen him uh, doing a little bit over these past couple weeks so has ability to make moves on the run but you know nothing's obviously better than him sitting back there in a comfortable and clean pocket and getting those passes away and hopefully Miriam Brown is good to go tomorrow night because that just adds another level to the passing game they have on offense we talked about it yesterday Miriam Brown very impressive through the first game and a half that he got to play before getting injured against Furman in that slot position was 11, 11 missed tackles. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, that he was Leads able to team. force leading the team. So that's something that's going to be key. Look, Tennessee, not good at tackling in their secondary. No. Miriam Brown could wreak havoc on these guys tomorrow night if he gets the chance. Absolutely. And and that's the guy that if you'd like, if you're power ranking, if probably as Shane Beamer and saying, I need this guy. Like If I had to pick one of the banged up guys that can play, yeah. I think he probably picks Miriam Brown. O'Donnell Fortune to second there, yeah. so you don't have to play freshman for 80 snaps in the secondary. But, yeah, just a guy that can turn a four-yard gain, a screen into a, an explosive play, can do a lot of different things for you in the run game, which has been, I mean, we all know what the run game's been over the course of the last um, four games. So that's a guy that adds a wrinkle to your offense that you really haven't had through the first four games when or when he hasn't been out there. And you're finally using him correctly and – if you could do that, then all of a sudden you get better offensively. You don't become again 2019 LSU, but you get better sure. offensively because of it. How big of a night is Xavier Leggett potentially in for tomorrow? If they can block, I mean, and you put him in positions where he can catch and run, um, he's got a chance to put up some really, really, really big numbers against this team. Absolutely, really and big numbers. and yeah, if, if he and Spencer can continue connect the way that they've been doing so far this season, gonna have a good shot certainly going there and pick up this win. Look, it's going to be a competitive game all the way down to the end. I know we talk about the line being 12, but like this is this is easily a one-score game to me. Yeah, 100%. I just, and we'll get into our picks in I think the next segment, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. If we're, if we're saying we know more about X team, we know more about South Carolina through sure. the first four games. Of course. That doesn't mean Tennessee is not a bad, like a, a bad team, but we just... We haven't played well, really anybody outside of Florida and lost that game. Then yeah. all of a sudden, that's that's a concern. It is, and and even a one game sample size like that is hard to pull a lot pull a lot from because it's just matching up with one specific team. And you know, we talked about it. They beat probably the worst Power Five team in Virginia. Had a little bit of a struggle with Austin P. And then handled UTASA last week without um, Frank Harris. Um, which again, they're supposed to win those games. They won them. Ga- they won the games in the manner that you would expect them to. But yeah, when they go down to to Florida a couple weeks ago, and we were expecting like, okay, here's where Joe Milton go out there and really show out and show that he's the quarterback everybody thought he was going to be, and he just wasn't. I mean, his numbers weren't bad when you look at the box score, but when you look at the production that the offense had, it just wasn't great. And even their running game, which is one of the best in the SEC right now, averaging a- about 230 yards a game, those numbers are skewed a lot because of what they did against the less competition. They barely mustered 100 yards against Florida a couple weeks ago. And, and again, just after that bad first half, just were never in the game after that. Yeah, and Joe Milton made a bad pick um, on just like kind of an arm punt almost that went about 15 yards. Florida did a lot to disrupt them, and they got pressure. 
That's, and look, I mean, Florida's defense is good. Yeah, I think Florida's defense is good, but they got pressure and they got we that we keep going back to that. If you can stop the run, which Florida did, I think Tennessee averaged three yards a carry or something like that. If you can stop the run, yeah, three thirty carries for a hundred yards, so roughly three yards a carry. Um, if you can stop the run and force Joe Milton to be a drop back passer and right. get after him that way, there's a chance to 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 put a governor on what this offense can be. Right. We'll uh, certainly make our score predictions and give our final thoughts on this at the end of the hour. We'll make some picks around the country, though, coming up. You're listening to In the Bonus. He's Colin Taylor. I'm Tyler Head. Football Friday. Welcome back in. In the Bonus. Football Friday. He's Colin Taylor. I'm Tyler Head. Of course, we'll talk plenty more about the Gamecocks and the Volunteers coming up, but is a full slate of college football coming up this weekend. We'll make some of our picks for games around the country. Speaking of picks, one of my against the spread pits hit last night. Did you see? Did it hit? Yeah. The Which, Jacksonville State was a six and a half point favorite and they beat Sam Houston Sam Houston State by seven in overtime. To, I thought it was ten. I was watching it last night and I thought no, it was ten. Look at seven. you. Look at you. Already. It was a wild game by the way. It was the one of the dumbest games on the planet and I loved it. Um if, absolutely if, loved if, it. If you flipped over right after Thursday night football ended, uh Sam Houston State gets a... Shame on you for watching Thursday Night Football. Watch that Sickos game instead. I kept my eye on it. Yeah. And uh, so Sam Houston State gets a strip sack, turns into a touchdown. Jacksonville State drives down the field. That made it 28-20. to Jacksonville State drives down the field, scores a touchdown with like 13 seconds left, gets a two-point conversion at the back of the end zone, goes into overtime, score a touchdown, and then uh, Sam Houston State's not able to get a one in their possession of... Overtime, 35-28. Go Gamecocks. The other Gamecocks. Yeah, they've uh, had a weirdly good start to the year, and I did not think they would be as good. Now, their power ranking is not a incredibly high one, but Jack State, not. a little bit better than what I initially thought they might be. And this is their, is their second transition year? I believe this is their first. Is it their first? I thought they were uh, transitioning last year. Regardless, they can't go to the postseason, which is... Dumb. Stupid. Like James Madison last year. James Madison should have competed for the Sun Belt. Yeah. Title game. But That's the thing. Unfortunately. Well, you got to get acclimated to Maybe. FBS for eight years or something like that. They were in the A-Sun last year. Okay. And they Jacksonville in- State was? Mm-hmm. When did they leave the Missouri Valley Conference? Or the Ohio Valley Conference? So they were in the Ohio Valley Conference from 03 to 2020. Okay, so it is recent. Then they were in the A-Sun WAC Challenge in 2021, and then the A-Sun Conference in Wait, 2020. Wait, the A-Sun WAC Challenge? I have no idea, I'm, but I, Wikipedia is going to take me on this Yes, please. Road. I, I need to know. Uh, then they were in the A-Sun in 2022, and then CUSA in 23. Okay. I've never heard someone call it CUSA. I'm a big CUSA guy. Okay. I call it CUSA. See, now I'm, I will never be able to call it anything but that. Yeah, you're welcome. I've uh, been wasting all my time saying Conference USA for years. CUSA. You've never heard that? I've not. <laughs> I've literally never heard that. It makes sense. Yeah. Kusa. All right. Kusa it is then. Sun whack. I don't know. Because I know the the whack. Oh, makes... here we go. Okay. For the first two planned seasons in 21 and 22, the relaunched WAC Football League was branded as the A-Sun WAC or the WAC A-Sun Challenge with the WAC establishing... A temporary football partnership with the A-Sun. The A-Sun eventually started its own FCS football league in 2022. So this is their first year in Division One 
or not Divi- or FBS. Okay, that's interesting. You're welcome. But I mean, in the, the world, you know. in the world of realignment, nothing really surprises me anymore, right? No, you could tell me whatever about realignment, and I would absolutely believe you. It's like the 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 uh, the embers of the phoenix of the original WAC conference, you know, where TCU's playing in the Rose Bowl, and as we talked about yesterday, Louisiana Tech's playing in the WAC for some reason, and now it's been reborn, and I don't even know what teams if, would be in it. If at you this could point be like, time. if you could be like, yeah, dude, like the Southwest Conference is coming back, they're gonna like take Arkansas and Texas and Oklahoma, and like. We're gonna restart that thing, get the band back together. I'd be like, really? Like that's so cool. It does. It's not gonna happen. It's but not like, gonna. I would well, absolutely like, be like, oh, really? You could like rebirth the Southwest Conference with like Lamar and like Tarleton State <laughs> and Incarnate Word and teams like that. Cumberland College. Cumberland College. The sure. one like the initial like college football power, by the way. Exactly. That lost. By 222 points to Tech that time. We are scratching a weird itch of people. Jefferson Pilot and Russell Athletic yesterday and the Southwest Conference and Cumberland College today. We're here for the nostalgia, man. Yeah. Uh, let's Bring back a- Jefferson Pilot. Give me one game. I need an Just 11 a.m. kick against get, Mississippi State. Get, give me all the Daves out, yeah. <laughs> uh, out at Williams-Brice on a 95-degree September day. Oh, the amount of, like, naps you would take oh during a Jefferson Pilot game. Unreal. And can't wait for the Napa Auto Parts play of the game or whatever oh, it was. Oh, and that scratched an itch right there. That one. The the Jeff Gordon, like, um, Napa Auto. Or who was the, the NASCAR? Michael Waltrip. Yes, yeah. the Michael Waltrip Napa Auto Parts commercials during the Jefferson pilot. That's That one scratched an itch in the yeah, back of the re- brain really, that I forgot really existed. Really hit the nostalgia bone on that one. Yes. Let's take a look at some of these games going on around the country this weekend. Got... Uh, one coming up tonight, actually, Louisville, or two coming up tonight, Louisville and North Carolina State. Uh, it's, games can be played in the rain, by the way. Yes. I bemoaning a little bit the fact that this is not a stronger, this is the best Friday slate we've had in a very long time. Definitely. Not a strong week overall for college football. No, at least we get a full slate of SEC games, so yes, there's that. Um, I agree. And we'll get to this in a moment. You do have Notre Dame and Duke, which is interesting. Yeah. But um, in, in another week, would that have been your game day game? Probably not. But. Though, at the same time, like Duke is undefeated. Notre Dame, I mean, coming off a loss, but still pretty highly ranked. Like I could see this getting the game day nod Yeah, fair. elsewhere. Fair. Because um, they've never been to Duke, correct? No, this is the first time. They've been to Duke for basketball, but this right, is the first time for football, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I could see that happening. Uh, Louisville, NC State. Which way is this going? I got Louisville. I don't trust NC State. I don't trust NC State. I went with NC State, played in the rain. I think NC State's got a better defense. Fair. I think that wins out. Uh, the other big game tonight, Utah and Oregon State. Um, Utah's still playing without Cam Rising. Nate Johnson's done. An okay job. Yeah. Uh, they're not exactly an offensive power, but they have a fantastic defense, and that's done well enough for them. They got a pick six last weekend against UCLA, which was literally the deciding factor in a 14-7 to win. So I literally switched my pick this morning. Really? Yeah. I thought about it more, and I switched my pick. Okay. I got Utah. So you were going to go with Oregon State? Yeah. I was going to really? go with Oregon State. Huh. I love... I love that program. Like they're just a fun like buzzsaw program. Sure, they're a wood chipper, with Beaver being the, but like they're a wood chipper. Like they're a team that wants to like drag you into the mud and play, make you play their game. And I think Utah is really equipped to play that game. Yeah, um, 
physical defense, which yeah. is something that we've talked about. You don't see a lot out in the uh, out in the Pac-12. I, I'm I'm excited for this. I think it's going to be competitive, but uh, I think that defense ends up winning out in the end. I agree. Uh, Kentucky and Florida coming up tomorrow at noon. We really don't know a whole lot about Kentucky, if we're being honest. They've played medium to bad competition for the most part, struggled with some of them. They beat Vanderbilt pretty handily this past weekend. Um, one thing I can definitively say, which I think we all kind of knew, Ray Davis is a really good running back. Yep. I mean, He's good, yeah. Um, that's kind of all I can really tell you about them. They're one of the worst teams when they're not creating explosive plays in the league, at least when I did my calculation a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the worst, I think, in yards per play, if I'm not mistaken. I think we just know more about Florida. Give me the Gators in that one. I agree. I think Gators and the better defense end up winning out in that one. One more here uh, we'll get to in this segment, and that one's the big noon Saturday tomorrow. Southern Cal in Colorado, a 10 a.m. local kick out in Boulder. These guys are going to have to get up early tomorrow. I mean, I put this one on there because I didn't want to put BC for BC Virginia. Which is fair. Um, Come on. The did you see the Colorado president telling their fans not to rush the field this time? I don't think he's gonna have to worry about that one. Yeah, I don't think. Don't so think either. he's gonna have to worry about that one. That being be said, I think Colorado could put up more than six points this week. Yeah, I think it will be more competitive, but good luck slowing down Southern Cal's offense, man. Yeah, that is I a mean, that is littered with NFL talent. So- Southern Cal might score seventy points. Yeah, it'll be like seventy to forty. Like forty five, and like man, how did Colorado score forty five? It's like, well, the Southern Cal's defense is just not very good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I'd, again, I think I think the brief honeymoon phase has has come to an end with Colorado, and the reality will now kind of be setting in over these next couple weeks. They UCLA either next week or the week after. Yeah. So the 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 tough games right. just keep coming for no, them. I agree. It's a it's a lot. So um, we'll hit a couple more games uh, coming back, but real quick. If you want to watch any of these great college football games tomorrow, of course, South Carolina is on the road. There's one great place, one great place to do that at. And it is Twin Peaks right there in the heart of the Vista. Uh, support the people that support us. And Twin Peaks is a fantastic sponsor of In the Bonus and what we do here at 107.5. If there is a game on, they'll have it. 29 degree draft beer, great food, great deals over the course of the entire month. Um, as September comes to an end, we start looking ahead to October. You have the wild card run that I really don't want to talk about. That starts October 5th. Why not? Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, you have the divisional series in the in Major League Baseball starting October 8th. The NHL regular season opener, October 10th. Which is crazy. I know. Uh, National Dessert Day, October 14th. Plenty going on over the course of the month. Twin Peaks is a fantastic sponsor, like we said. 29-degree draft beers, great food, great views, and your one-stop shop right in the heart of the Vista on Gervais Street to watch every single game that you your heart desires over the course of the next month as we enter this golden era of the year in sports. Make our picks and uh, give our final score thoughts coming up in the bonus here on the game. Football Friday. As we get closer to South Carolina and Tennessee, squaring off tomorrow night. Going to throw in a couple more quick picks here for some games around the nation before we get to our final score prediction for the Gamecocks and the Volunteers. High noon tomorrow out in Jerry World, though I guess it's technically an 11 o'clock local kick. The old Southwest Classic. They're getting the band back together. They are not. <laughs> Texas A&M, Arkansas, of course, A&M coming out. 
coming in without Connor Wakeman as the quarterback for the rest of the season after his injury against Auburn this past weekend. Arkansas comes in just narrowly avoiding pulling the upset against LSU this past weekend out in Death Valley. Must-win game for both sides? Yes. Anxiety bowl, baby. No one feels good coming out of this one. So so here's here's what you're kind of risking here. A&M is potentially losing its second game, which could spiral into many, many more when you look at what the rest of their schedule is going to look like. Arkansas at risk of losing their third straight game of the season, which I believe in every single one of Sam Pittman's years as their head coach, they've gone on at least a three-game losing streak each season. That's wild. Yeah, I know. That's wild. Because they always start off the year really where they're good, good, ranked, you know, a lot of hype, and then they just hit that skid somewhere in the middle of the season, and it all goes downhill usually. Give me the hogs, baby. I'm also going with the hogs. I Look, I like Max Johnson, and I, I covered him when he was in high school out in Oconee County. Shout out Watkinsville. Um, but I just Oof. there's a reason he was behind Connor Wakeman. Yep. Like, I, just, I think Arkansas, and especially with our, what Arkansas showed me last weekend in Death Valley. And then. Go ahead. I'm going to go Hogs. I just, that AM offense is clunky. That AM offense can get really clunky sometimes. Yeah. And they didn't need a whole lot of offense to beat Auburn last weekend, if we're being honest. I think you, me, and 10 friends could be competitive right. against that. Uh, quickly, a couple more here. South Alabama, James Madison, a game that is probably not on many people's radar, but a sneaky good matchup in Group of Five. USA. USA. Ooh. South Al, baby. Riding Dukes here. See, I've like champion i love james, like james madison's a really fun program i also think i think it's Summerall there uh-huh at south Al. i always get him and um who's the guy at troy no uh who's south Al's coach is um the guy from indiana the offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator from indiana so, oh my goodness i cannot think of it um uh, Summerall's at troy and South Alabama has Kane Womack. Okay, is their head coach Kane Womack and John Summerall are going to be head coaches in the SEC one day. Okay, two really good coaches. I think um, Signetti's also a really really talented coach as well. Right at James Madison. Give me the you see him see him with the cell phone thing yeah. last week. <laughs> the ref's like no 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 no. And he like yeah. like the ref looked away like you know oh, yeah. oh, no, no, no 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 can't see it can't see it you can't see it. Yeah, blinded uh, me. Yeah, despite the fact that they go to, like, a big iPad if they have to yeah. go review a play. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, two more here. Notre Dame going on the road to Duke against College Game Day. Notre Dame looking to rebound after the last-second loss to Ohio State last week. Duke riding a lot of momentum high uh, this season after the win against Clemson in week number one. Tyler, you and I, so far, we're still waiting for a couple more picks. Okay. So far, you and I are the only ones to do it. I, I think there's a letdown factor here. Give me the Dukies. Give me the Dukies. Especially if Notre Dame's going to play with 10 dudes. for Yeah, yeah. which apparently they've been doing all season. <laughs> yeah, like there's been like three instances where they've just had 10 dudes like, on the field. You know, you think you'd clean this up at some point. <laughs> at some point, the guy with the C on his chest has to go, one, two, two three, three, four. All right, guys, we need one more. <laughs> and then signal to the sideline the number of players you need. Do you think they do a negative sign? Like if they have one too many, it's like negative one. We need to get one yeah. guy off the field. It's not happening, but Duke. Give me Duke. Uh, last one here, Baylor and UCF. I'm going to go with the Golden Knights. They got one of the best offenses in the entire country. Gus Malzahn, no surprise. I think they win this one pretty easily. Yeah, I think UCF runs away with it. <laughs> All right, and finally, of course, Gamecocks and Volunteers coming up tomorrow night at 730. Again, you can listen to it right here on the game. 
12-point favorites are the Volunteers. I don't see that coming to fruition. I think it's going to be a very competitive game all the way down to the wire. How does Colin Taylor see this one ending up? I think South Carolina wins. I don't know why. It's on the road. This Tennessee team is peeved. They've brushed the passer well. They do all these things, but I just don't trust that offense right now to yeah. be consistent enough. And um, Give me South Carolina in a shootout kind of weird close game. Like okay. a sickos mode close game. For sure. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be competitive all the way down to the end. Probably going to be decided by one score. I liked South Carolina's ability to stop the run last week against Mississippi State. That's going to be a key in this one. And forcing Joe Milton to use his arm to beat you, which quite frankly, hasn't been able to show that a whole lot this year and being able to contain him. Now, look, they're going to get some yardage. They're going to get some points. That's going to happen. But if you can give up 487 yards through the air and still win last week, I think you should be able to handle whatever Joe Milton's going to throw at you. I agree with that. If they can, you got to stop the run. You got to do it back to back. But if you can stop the run, you have a really, really good shot to win this game. Well, Colin, have uh, have fun out at Rocky Top. Hopefully you don't get squirted by any mustard. I'll do my best. And uh, we'll react to whatever happens come Monday morning. Let's do it, baby. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of In the Bonus. Coming up next, the Extra Point as Football Friday rolls along here on the game.